The Lord has been sort of downloading bits and pieces of this message all through the week. It's just been giving me little glimmers of it. And the title of the message is, Who You're Working For. You know, how often have you heard someone say, that's not my job? Or people say to you, why are you spending all that time on that project? You're not getting paid. When you're in the world and work in a place that is of the world, you hear that kind of stuff all the time. All the time. This message is not going to be that long, but I pray that it's powerful. People are not willing to go above and beyond to do their very best. And that happens all the time. You know, we live in a society of instant gratification, instant this. Now we can't live hardly without our phones, our iPads, our computers, the Internet, and all of that stuff. And, and a lot of times, because of that instantness, we kind of miss the full purpose. We kind of miss something. So let's switch. Let's switch this, those questions around. And say, let's switch this question around. When God calls you to your true destiny, are you going to say to him, that's not my job? Are you going to say to God, how much am I going to be paid? Are you not going to do your very best? So I'm going to try, with God's help, to answer those, address those, those three little, it's basically three little questions. The first one, that's not my job. Let's put up 1 Corinthians 3.9. And it says, for we are fellow workmen joint promoters, laborers together, with and for God. You are God's garden and vineyard and feel under cultivation. You are God's building. So if you're God's building, how are you going to tell God, that's not my job? You, you belong to God. He built you. So are you going to keep saying, that's not my job? When he calls you to your true destiny, Let's move to Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. That's not my job. <laughs> That's one of the things we'll always say. That's not my job. Go empty the trash. That's not my job. Go do shopping. That's not my job. Print something up. That's not my job. <laughs> that is the, uh, the mantra of 
a lot of people today. That's not my job. So how can you tell God when he calls you, that's not my job? It may not be the lavish job you think, but the simplest job is your job in Christ. You can't say to God, that's not my job. So here's the other part of that. Are you going to say to God, how much am I going to be paid? And a lot of people now will not work if they are not paid. They will not work if um, they can't see the profit in it. They will not work if there's nothing in it for them, whether monetarily or personally. They will not work because in their mind, that's not my job. I'm not getting paid. Proverbs 14.23 for me. In all labor, there is profit, but idle talk leads only to poverty. So are you just going to idly talk to God and say, that's not my job. I'm not doing that. You're not paying me enough for that. Let get somebody else to do that. Everything is not for pay. But you also have to remember, you have been paid for. The ultimate price has been paid for you. Matthew 5, 16. This is your pay. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your moral excellence and your praiseworthy, noble, and good deeds and recognize and honor and praise and glorify your Father who is in heaven. That pay is that glow. It's that God-given glow. Do you see the enemy with that glow? What is the enemy always doing? Cursing, complaining, getting you, getting you all upset or get being all upset when it's not going his way. That dark cloud that hangs over his head. So how can you say, that's not my job? Mm. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, be imitators of God. Copy him and follow his example. As well, beloved children, imitate your father. Let me ask you a question. What if Christ had said, that's not my job? What if Christ had said, when God said, I'm sending my only son, what if Christ had said, I'm not going to do that? They foolish. I don't want to be, um, I don't want to give up my life for them. What if he were to say, that's not my job? Verse 2, and walk in love, esteeming and delighting in one another, as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a slain offering and sacrifice to God for you, so that it became a sweet fragrance. What a price. He paid it. You already paid. 
you have life. He gave his for yours. So how are you going to ask God how much I'm going to get paid? I told you, this is a very, very short message. But the last question or last statement was, are you going to do your very best? If God has already paid you, paid the price for you, told you that this destiny is your job, are you going to give him half? Are you not going to give him your best? Are you not going to show him that you can do it no matter how simple? But what happens a lot of times, people say, I can't do that. That's too hard for me. I don't have any training in that. I've never done that before. I'm not going to even try. But if God has prayed, if Christ has paid the ultimate price for you, and you are an imitator of him, why can't you be capable? Why can't you do it? The scripture that comes to mind on this one is Philippians 4.13. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am all ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me, I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. If Christ is in you, all things are possible through him. No job is too hard. No job is too hard if you ask God for wisdom. No God job is too hard if you have that Holy Spirit in you. A lot of times, this is what keeps us from not even trying. We start reasoning about it. We start going, oh, I can't do that. That's too hard. What if I mess up? Who going to show me? What are people going to say if it's not perfect? Your perfection is in Christ. If you let him lead, You'll be amazed at what you can do. I'm going to tell you about me. <laughs> I said to my, I said a while back, God has given me a lot of gifts. But one of the things I said I would never do or wanted to do was administrative work. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I'm, I said, I'm not going to do administrative work. I could pass that on to somebody else. I like to be in charge. <laughs> I like to be the person who tells people what to do. But that was me because I was not comfortable in my spirit in that job. I didn't know whether I could really do it well. I could show somebody else how to do it, but myself, could I do it well? So. I really, when I was asked to be KLM administrator, to be honest with you, I was really nervous at first. I was really not confident in my capabilities of doing the job. But God, I'm amazed every day 
how God downloads stuff in me to make it happen. I'm really amazed. I'm still learning a lot of stuff. Apple, of course. <laughs> I'm not going to call Apple a nemesis. I'm just going to say not yet really proficient at it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, with Apple, there is a learning curve because everything is on the opposite side. Everything is opposite. <laughs> so what I have learned, if what if I had said to God, that's not my job and I'm not going to do it. I could just think of, really, I think I would have been really miserable. I think I would have been going around going to myself, why did I turn God down? Why did I not do what he asked me to do? Why did I not remember Philippians 4.13? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nothing is impossible. Uh, and what I've learned through this process is that if the job comes to you, and you are not sure about it, present it to the Holy Spirit. And I am so amazed at what comes out of that when you present things to the Holy Spirit. I tell you what I'm amazed at. I'm amazed at a, at a lot of stuff that Todd does. Todd is not afraid to unscrew a light bulb. Todd is not afraid to mess with electricity. Let me, let me ask you this question, Todd. I, I watch you get up there and change the balances in these lights. How long have you been doing that? But before that, had you ever done it? Okay. Yeah. Carl, I watch y'all tear up that floor in the bathroom. <laughs> Had you ever done that before? Yeah. But look at how amazing those bathrooms have turned out, those floors have turned out. What if you had said, when Gene said, y'all going to do it, and say, no. <laughs> now, the first one was a learning curve for y'all. <laughs> yeah, y'all should have started on the men's first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, y'all did. But just think, you've become imitators of God, imitators of his capability, imitators of what he put deep down inside of you that you didn't even know was there. Just think. What if you said, that's not my job? Carl, did you ever think you'd be a realtor? Todd, <laughs> Carl passed his test on the first round and went right in and passed the state exam. Mm. Yeah. yeah. The mic, the other mic. Yes. 
um, when it comes to the real estate, uh, at first I was really, I was really nervous. Like, I was really nervous because I'm sitting there like, man, Chris done took it a thousand times. He, but <laughs> I'm sitting there like, hey, Rachel took it, Rachel took it 10,000 times and it, it didn't make, I'm sitting there like, I know. I you know I, I I don't I don't see myself as I didn't see myself as being able to do that at all, and um, but when the Lord told me to do it, you know I could have said no, and I could have missed out on a huge opportunity. Um, not only for the testimony behind it, but for the blessings that's going to come along with it as well. But I just agreed to it. And everything he instructed me to do, as far as how to how to um, go about the course out of worship, you know, going to the course after worship, and I got through the course in a little over a month, and um, and it's a six month course, and the Lord really, he gave me instruction. I agreed to it, and I just said, if you want me to do this, then you're going to have to do it through me, you know, and um. And then I think it's first or second Timothy or first and second Thess- Thessalonians, one of them it says, The God who called you is faithful and he will do it. And that's what I stood on. You know, Lord, if you really want me to do this, then you're gonna have to show me because I don't know this stuff. Not even close. I didn't have a background in real estate, anything, didn't know anything about it. And when I was taking the the final test, the state exam. That's what I said. I said, Lord, you're going to have to help me. And through the questions, that's what I was asking. If a question came and I didn't know it, I asked the Holy Spirit to help me and to teach me. And he was teaching me through the question. So it was it was all him, you know, but I, I just agreed to it. You know, even though I didn't think it was my job, I just said yes. And he and he made an example out of me and through me. So. And look at how blessed he is, where he has Mr. and Mrs. Brown as his first clients. That is outstanding. That's a yeah. blessing. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know he was the head of Well, Second Timothy 2.15 says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So you did that. And my last scripture for tonight is one of my favorites. Is Colossians. 3, 23, and 24. Whatever may be your task, work at it heartily from the soul as something done for the Lord and not for men. Knowing with all certainty that it is from the Lord and not from men that you will receive the inheritance which is your real reward the one whom you are actually serving, 
is the Lord Christ, the Messiah. So you can't really go around and say, that's not my job. Because he put it in you. Also, he already paid you with his life. So I'm going to end with this. Who you're working for. Thank you, Jesus. Any comments? Any other comments? <laughs>